Well, hello there, and welcome to the AFA podcast, the official podcast animation for adults.com. Welcome to episode 43. Uh, I'm Chris, and I'm joined as always by my co hosts, co presenters, and. Comrades! Comrades! Good one. Uh, <laughs> and you've already heard her. It's Rachel. Hi, Rachel. Hey. How I'm are here. you? How's it going? I'm doing pretty good. It's it's another day, another awesome day, and I'm looking forward to talking about some animation. Woohoo! And Dan's <laughs> here. Dan's here. Hi, Dan. Hi, Chris. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? Great. Yeah, pretty good too. Thanks. Pretty good. Us? And joining us <laughs> from New York City, it's Yvonne. Hi, Yvonne. Hello. Hello. <laughs> How's it going? Oh, I'm I'm doing well. Um, I've just been super busy with uh, Animation Nights New York, and um, yeah, we'll have some really uh, terrific, some big announcements soon. But um, I've been yeah, just really busy with that and watching films, watching films and watching films. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good to be here with you guys. Yeah, it's good to have you. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while, wasn't it? Actually. It has, yeah, yeah. I keep mm. meaning to. I think last time I was actually, I fell into work um, <laughs> to the extent that I totally lost track of time, and I was just like, "Oh, nice." <laughs> I think it's like twenty minutes till end of recording that I realized I was like, I missed it. <laughs> I know <laughs> it's a drag, but anyways, yeah, here now. So it's a bit confusing because I've spoken to you said a couple of times mm-hmm. but yeah, I know. Actually, you haven't actually been on the show but you just sort of no. think, you just think when we're talking they're probably recording <laughs> yeah i kind of yeah i get that for sure like <laughs> that so if this is your first show you might like to go back and listen to our previous episodes on animationforadults.com or on tum not, t- not tumblr <laughs> on uh, itunes or stitcher or podcast.com and Maybe if you enjoyed the episode, you'd like to leave us a little review. And you can also email us at podcast at animationforadults.com if you've got anything you want to say to us or any questions or anything like that. And also, we are coming up very soon to our one-year anniversary. Uh, so yeah. we'd, lo- we'd love to hear like your favourite moments from the podcast or your favourite episodes or things like that. So if you drop us an email about that, then we might talk about that later. Um it's going to be a bit of a uh, mixed bag episode again because there's uh, a bunch of news to talk about and there's some exciting things that we've been talking about we've been watching and also there is a little thing that we want to talk about later uh, about Studio Ghibli about a uh, recent controversial interview uh, relating to some filmmakers who have worked at Studio Ghibli but currently aren't working at Studio Ghibli that that's enough tease i think for that um <laughs> very mysterious very mysterious um but we are going to first talk about some news and something that has just happened today uh not long before we came on to the microphone was that uh disney have released a teaser for their upcoming second film of 2016 which is of course moana and yeah, they've released a little teaser, uh, which features The Rock a lot. <laughs> Mostly <laughs> The Rock. Yeah. Well, Dwayne Johnson, 
Let's do, let's Dwayne, call him. Mostly Dwayne Johnson as Maui, mm-hmm. the demigod, and he's very excited to tell you all about himself and do a little dance for you. And... Kind kind of reminiscent of like the muses in Hercules, like how they're sort of like painted. Yeah, it is. That that one opening sequence was very similar to that. Yeah. I I was thinking it's kind of strange, like, uh, choosing this one character to be the focus of this teaser when he's not the character on the poster. Uh, Hmm. Well, you know, the name. Or titular character, for that matter. The titular character. That's that's the one I'm going for. Um, (laughs) And I was thinking, hang on, wasn't the first Frozen teaser, was it Olgaf? Olgaf. Was it? Yes. Yes, yeah. it was. It was Olaf and... Um, Olaf, that's it. <laughs> Olaf. And... Who's Olaf? I don't know. <laughs> o- 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 Olaf and the uh, reindeer. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was the two of them. Ice. I seem to remember there was like a brother bear teaser that was the reindeers or something, maybe. That yeah. Was the, it was the... Uh, the, car- the they were the caribou car- moose. I think it was the moose. moose yeah. uh, the two Canadian moose. So, yeah, well, they... They sometimes use like the comic relief characters, but he's not just a comic relief character, I don't think. But no, but he's also going to be kind of a comic relief, I think. But they, kind of, they will like be using of, him for comic hmm. relief. Yeah, it looks like they're kind of setting up as a bit of a buddy movie. Like mm-hmm. maybe that's why he's being focused on. And then, like, I think the, you know, like the idea is that they save stuff as well. Like the last utopia. The Zootopia teaser didn't show anything of the world. It was like a blank yeah. uh, background, and they're they're teasing her, I suppose. Like that's why she's not being featured. I'd imagine. But well, she it, did have that one moment where she's where after after Maui does his little dance, she's just kind of sitting there staring at him, just like yeah, it's like I'm not getting what you're trying to tell me with her little. Apparently, yeah. she's got a pig. I think that's great. If she's got a pig for a pet, I'm just like, okay, I have a whole new opinion now of this character. This is going to be great. I love that pig. <laughs> that is I, a cute looking pig. I want that pig now. Uh, <laughs> that that pig is amazing. That's... Disney, you have potential uh, mascot material in this pig. They know full well they do, <laughs> I think. Yeah, I think they, that's they've, already true. Made, they've already made the soft toys, and <laughs> probably so. But I will, I will give the teaser this, even though it's mostly dominated by uh, Dwayne Johnson as Maui doing his doing his thing that he's probably going to be doing for at least a good portion of the film. At the same time, I'm they, you know they did show a little bit more than that, like a couple of other various clips from the film, and um, I did say one of the things that really struck me, other than that, was the. Um, effects of the that they're showing of uh, the ocean like it looked mm. like everyone was on a boat going toward the island and traveling on this uh you know traveling on the ocean these crystal clear waters and it was they were pretty nice looking mm. the, the whole thing is pretty <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. disney animation so obviously they're gonna be putting a lot of lots of pretty into the into the animation yeah but obviously we haven't seen very much because it's a teaser and nah. we've I just watched it, so. <laughs> but scratching the surface, we will be intrigued to know more. I think that's fair to say. Um, I hadn't re- hadn't realised about making a big deal about the music. That guy, that guy, the name is is, is he Lin, the, Lin Manuel Miranda? 
is he the Hamilton man? That is that? Oh, I, yes. I'm, yes. Yeah. I, I'm going to pretend I know completely exactly what that is. I know it's a musical. He's so hot <laughs> right now. Yeah. They've, they've, they've picked well there. <laughs> <laughs> Seems to be a cultural phenomenon. 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 Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, I've just heard of it. People talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> it I, is a I, thing that happened. I started trying to like watch it, and then I realized without like a high school like diploma in American history, I was lost. <laughs> I didn't get it. So it's American history musical. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. I'm I'm good. Right. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm that's probably controversial for me to say because I know the internet's going crazy over it. It's it's gonna like win all the Tonys this weekend. Wow. Yeah. Whatever. Musicals. Whatever. <laughs> Unless they're We're Disney films. We're talking about animation. Damn it. Yes. Speaking of which, and Disney. Uh, Last Disney film that came out was Zootopia, obviously, and it has recently, actually it's just come out on Blu-ray and DVD and digital this week in America and Canada, and it also has just passed the one billion dollars mark. <laughs> what? What? One billion dollars. Mm. <laughs> Fantastic. That's- and it is only the fourth animated film to have done that. What were the so, other three, may I ask? I imagine you could guess one of them at least. <laughs> uh, Frozen, Toy Story. Toy Story 3. Oh, okay. Um, and Minions. Minions. <coughs> minions. Uh, okay. Min- yeah. Um. yeah, that one. <laughs> um, but Minions has made more money... No. Zootopia has made more money in America than Minions did. But Minions Minions has currently made more money internationally than um, Zootopia. Zootropolis or whatever whatever it has been called in your region. Zoomania. Zoomania. Slash Crazy Animal City or whatever it's called in China. Oh yeah. Probably. Crazy animals. Wow. And it's only, I think it's only just come out in Japan, like in the last month. Uh, Seriously? Yeah. So. Huh. And it had like four weeks at number one, I think, and then something else knocked it Poke, off. Pokemon or One Piece, probably. No, neither <laughs> of them. Oh, it who? was, no, it was something else. <laughs> Yokai. <laughs> Maybe, or, uh, I don't know. Something else. Yeah. <laughs> um, something Japanese knocked it off. Uh, but, yeah, because, like, Frozen is current. I don't know if it's the biggest grossing film ever in Japan at the moment, but it, wow. it, it was definitely... It made a lot of money. They like their Disney out there. <laughs> so I don't know how, you know, it might have legs out there and it might take, make even more and it might make two billion... No, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I remember it was, it's kind of funny that the the Japanese version's coming out now and uh, just recently came out because I remember one of the first international trailers that I saw for Zootopia when it, before it came out in the U.S. was 
was in Japanese, and it was really funny getting to watch some of those clips in, you know, with all the characters speaking in Japanese. It's just like, oh my goodness. <laughs> this is kind of magical. And obviously, people have raised the question, if it's made a million dollars, billion, billion dollars. <laughs> One billion dollars. Then people are saying, what about a sequel then? Hey, 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 what about a sequel? And, uh, <laughs> and the uh, directors have basically said that, yeah, they thought about it, obviously. Of course they thought about <laughs> it. Um, and they've, they've also suggested the possibility, maybe, of a TV series, but I'd imagine there's going to be a, a full theatrical sequel. But Disney don't rush into that sort of thing these days. I mean, it took them years to announce Frozen 2. Uh, they do seem to be story-driven, so... I know a lot of people don't think they are. They think they're all about money, but I think they are more story-driven, at least at the creative side. <laughs> it seems like they're trying to be, at least compared to um, their extreme lull of uh, animated films and just doing a whole bunch of direct-to-TV sequels. I think that they're finally trying. They, they were they're moving away from that and just, like you said, trying to focus a bit more on story and uh, waiting for the right story in order to actually say okay we can make a we can make a legitimate sequel out of this this is with the zootopia they've definitely got the background and this expansive world that they've only shown you know they've only shown us so much of to really which they can just pick any point of it and then just say okay we can make a sequel out of this or that and the other that is basically what they said they said there's so much like that is touched on or you see briefly like different parts of the city and things like that that you could um build a sequel on so they definitely want to go back and do more and they also said about that they might explore the relationship between Nick and Judy but oh yes they said <laughs> the internet's already done that haven't they <laughs> oh the internet uh, but, <laughs> but yeah they, they said well it'll either be platonic or be romantic but whatever half the internet will be upset yeah it's just like oh, no matter right. where they go they're gonna offend somebody so really it's just gonna be a matter of what do they feel is better for their story you know screw everything else i really don't want it to be romantic though <laughs> i mean i just don't oh. i don't want to go there <laughs> no it just doesn't it... seem right <laughs> <laughs> I know, I remember the one uh, I was watching, because I've got the Blu-ray recently, and I remember one of the scenes, one of the deleted scenes that they had, actually, they kind of teased that a little bit, was, or they, they, they kind of took that, they took an advantage to make a joke out of that, really, was um, where the one, they have this one scene, Judy takes Nick back to her apartment, just kind of, like, hide out from, uh, I think it was, they'd just been chased by that one jaguar, so they were just kind of hiding out to be safe. And Judy comes in, and then her whole family is there, and then Nick follows her in, and of course her entire family is like, uh-oh, it's a fox. And then her dad, her her dad basically, you know, she's trying to explain to him, it's like, no, he's, it's like, he's he's not just a fox, and her dad is like, cheese oh, and crackers, he's your boyfriend. <laughs> and then basically just uh, shenanigans ensue, and they just, it was a basically re- reworking of a scene that eventually made it into the film, but it's it was kind of funny that they were already thinking about that. Maybe just making that a joke in the film. But there aren't there aren't like any 
romantic relationships in the film, are they? They don't, like, suggest, oh, there are mixed marriages or anything. Not really, no. Yeah. I suppose, you know... Because then I guess they'd have to design some... <laughs> hybrid some... animals. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the kids. That'd be strange. <laughs> That's hilarious. Maybe like a Liger or a Tigon. Oh, that'd be funny. Actual ones that exist. <laughs> You say Liger, and my brain immediately goes to uh, a, to Japanese anime. I'm sorry. <laughs> my 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 ghost in Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, oh, right. What what anime uh, is there a Liger? Um, the uh, it's I don't know if you ever were familiar with it. it was this a giant like a uh, merchandise based anime called uh, Zoids. Oh. There was a vaguely. whole like giant robot cats that was called Ligers. Oh. And so, yeah, those like anytime it was like all the main characters uh, pilot like these big giant liger cat robots, and it's it's giant robots and it's fighting and it's it's it appealed to me in at, like my teenage years. So just like when you say liger, I'm like, oh, liger is in the robot. Like, no, that sounds like tiger robots. One we might have been watching possibly later. Ooh, maybe <laughs> possibly. Tease, tease. Tease. Sorry, Dan, what were you saying? A tiger robot, yeah. I, I was also noticing that <laughs> similarity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so are we all pleased about possible Zootopia sequels? Definitely. I'm I'm thinking they've, like, after reading the art book and looking at all the different extra content that they included with the, the Blu-ray release of Zootopia, I'm thinking that there's ample opportunity for them to do a sequel and you know what i think there's they've put enough work into this that they can choose whatever the heck they want to do a sequel of and as long as it's the same quality of writing going into the film i think it's going to be fun yeah i'm i'm well up for just going back to that world because it was just amazing Mm. and yeah and even dad wants to see a sequel so there you go Hey. Yeah, that's big. <laughs> hey, well, no, I said I said when Zoo, Zoo, Zootopia Metropolis came out um, that I thought it was like the most naturally deserving of a sequel of like the mm-hmm. recent Disney movies. Yeah, like Wreck It Ralph seems quite like obviously okay. What other machines are there? What other games are they going to be? And Big Hero Six seemed to like be really pushing it, but Zootopia like was all about every little nook and cranny having something interesting in it so yeah it could be good and if it's like another uh cop like buddy comedy i think uh that sounds great i'd love a series of them it's really funny though that it's been you know it's made a billion dollars because it was everyone was thinking oh that's just a little that's milan is the big one this is just like the little little fluff one mm-hmm. it's like uh, apparently not it's now it's wrong it's the one that's probably going to be everyone's favourite and or the Oscar and everything oh, Finding Dory's coming out reviews good mm. yeah mm. Um, I've marked my calendar for the oh are the reviews good yes uh, I know ooh and they've been putting be out more... a lot of promotional pr- material on Twitter too like I remember there was uh, I think uh Actually, uh, David Lally actually retweeted something um, concerning the uh, 
designing one of the characters that's prominent in Finding Dory, uh, the octopus, Hank. And uh, it's it's pretty pretty cool stuff. I'm not how much work they had to try and get this character to come to life, and so I'm really looking forward to going to see that on the 17th. It's looking like it might be more than just more fish, eh? Reference, mm-hmm. reference to early episode. Fishy feels, <laughs> right? Yeah. Fishy feels. Fishy feels as well, yeah. Jeff Biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll be, they will never oh, die. No, okay, no, they won't. <laughs> I was about to say they'd be soggy Jeff biscuits, but um, <laughs> <laughs> that, like that, that was beautiful. Let's not go there. So, <laughs> <Let's> yeah. <laughs> 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 um, check, check check Urban Dictionary if if you don't want don't, don't do that. that. <laughs> Oh my god, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still dying over here. Move uh, on yeah. without me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, billion dollars. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> Catching. Okay, moving on <laughs> to some more news that broke this week. And it's more in the indie side of things, and it is related to the movie. The breadwinner from Cartoon Saloon and Nora Toomey that, as you may know, we are very excited about. And we mentioned a little while ago that it hadn't yet got a distributor for America, but it's got one for Canada and for the UK. Well, we now ha- now know it's going to come out to in the United States by G Kids. What a surprise! Uh, but the surprising thing is that G-Kids are also going to be a producer on the film, which is a first for them because they've only been a distributor before. So now they're taking the next natural step and actually putting money into films themselves, huh. which is pretty big. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. What do you think that's going to mean for the, the breadwinner? More money. More uh... money is always good. You know, being investors as well, they're really probably going to push the marketing quite strongly too, which is good for the film. That, yeah, yeah, definitely, and maybe even push like for maybe maybe wider release. I don't know if they've got more money going into it. Hopefully, that'd be good. Mm, yeah, uh, and probably get them an Oscar nomination, <laughs> which they were probably going to get anyway. Uh, so. <laughs> So hopefully that's going to be something that they're look, going to be looking at doing more of going forward. So don't be surprised if they're also putting money into uh, Wolf Walkers. Tom Moore's oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh. oh, yes. Wolves. <laughs> wolves and all that. <laughs> well, the thing is, these films are all, all like co-productions, like Cartoon Saloon co-produced with studios in like Europe and... And in this case, it's, uh, I think, uh, Irish, French, Luxembourg, and Canada, I think. Uh, and now America as well. So there you go. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> G-Kids moving into production. Good for them, we say. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it should mean more of the kind of films that we like getting produced, hopefully. So. Or getting produced more easily perhaps yeah i think 
any any way to get those those films produced you know, with less struggle would be a lot would be a lot better. Mm. And it should help their business as well because if they if they put money into it, they should get more money out of it, and then they can produce they can acquire more things and produce more things. So yeah, <laughs> and then they can expand the UK maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Or maybe not. I don't know. Um, so yes, that's happening. And also this week, in the old school side of things, something is coming to Blu-ray and DVD in September, and that is Transformers the movie. The good the one. Old, the real <laughs> one. The, is the non-Michael Bay one. Is that the Shatner like, one? Shatner, no, no. Leonard Nimoy. Oh, sorry. Not that far. Now I'm just trying to. No, now I'm just trying to picture Transformers with William Shatner. Oh my god. (laughs) Um, no, yes, it had had Leonard Nimoy, um, Robert Stack. It was a whole bunch of really awesome, awesome casts in the uh, animated film that they did as a kind of a bridge between the second and third season of the of the old television show and it's finally getting a blu-ray release i'm so excited because the only last time they had a they did it they did one for uh the 20th year anniversary of the film and then now now another 10 years later they're getting ready for the next best thing which is the blu-ray and it also was the final screen roll of Orson Welles. Yes, it was. And he <laughs> yeah. was not very pleased about that, if I recall correctly. He was... he was That was a very depressing fact that, was, that one of his last roles was just this darn movie. This darn movie about giant robots. And I'm like, hey, you sound... You, you, the character you played still sounded scary, so I consider that a plus. So it's coming out from Shout Factory uh, in September... And it's got a newly restored uh, print uh, from the original 35mm print. And it's going to have special features that are to be confirmed at the moment. And it's coming out as part of a deal between Shout Factory and Hasbro, apparently. So there will be possibly more Transformers stuff coming as well. Hmm. I don't really know that there's particularly anything that people would want, apart from apart from this right. movie. But um, yeah, it's it's that's interesting to hear that they've uh, that they're have this deal going on. But um, and I'm also interested to see what kind of special features they'll add because I know they had like a couple different things with the uh, you know, the old anniversary DVD release, which is the you know director commentary and uh, fan commentary. And a couple things been you know about the making of the film, but not really all that much, because I wasn't sure how much was they actually saved. But they might be they might have been holding back for this particular uh, anniversary. I don't know. Well, they they might record some special new things like retrospective features. Uh, to, well, some of the voice casts they obviously can't get back. Um, no, there's there's still there's still quite a few around, so you yeah. can get any one of them to come on. Yeah, they just can't get Leonard Nimoy or um, Orson Welles, obviously. Well. For, for obvious reasons. Yeah. Uh, so, obviously, Rachel's excited about that. 
eh, I'm a longtime Transformers fan, so I just and this was one of my early introductions to the Transformers franchise, so I'm very excited to see any extra content or the, like the restored footage. So yeah, I'm all for it. And Rachel wrote a review of the film, like quite well, like a year ago. Oh, sorry, <laughs> so a little over, almost over a year, oh, over a year, I think. Yeah. Um. So you can read that and. I I can link a, I can stick a link to that in the show notes. Um, so if you want to know all about the Transformers movie, if you don't know anything about it, then read that. Um, and one other little story is that there is an interesting crowdfunding campaign started up this week uh, for the 18th annual animated show of shows, which is a a base. It's like an edited movie length thing of short animated films from around the world. Huh. Uh, and it's been go- it's been going since 1999, uh, but previously what it was was it like went round to animation companies and and video game companies and things like that and screened for that and screened for like animation students but last year they actually did a kickstarter campaign uh to screen it in cinemas uh all around the US and in a couple of other countries as well hmm. and after that being a success, they're doing it again this year. And last year they featured like the Don Hertzfeld World of Tomorrow and uh, the animated film We Can't Live Without Cosmos. And I don't, it hasn't actually mentioned what film's going to be in this year. But if you like getting to see animated films on a big screen, short animated films, then you should look into this. Yeah, it's and like a, um, it's like a multiple feature of all these different animated shorts and just one yeah. big program? Hmm. Huh. It's, it's the kind of thing we talked about that we think is a good idea. Well, seeing hmm. seeing shorts all together. And it's yeah. the kind of thing that everyone's been doing. So. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. It's, like it's, it's sounding familiar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's excellent. Yeah, but you're just doing it off your own back. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> That's right, DIY. <laughs> uh, it's working out though. Uh, everyone, yeah, there are different ways to go about doing things. <laughs> so, yeah, but this this is a, I think this is a good campaign, and it's, yeah, uh, for sure, I think it's worth checking out. Anything, anything uh, that supports animation animated shorts getting a wider release to a bigger audience to see them and appreciate them is always a good thing mm-hmm. and if you look into it there might be the possibility of maybe getting it to come somewhere to you if you're lucky um, I think it said last time it screened in four countries it screened like in the US, Canada Australia and South Africa uh, I don't know why those why because they're, cool, they're cool places that love animation. 
the UK is just rubbish. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Can be. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean it like for for such things. Mm-hmm. Film distribu- uh, distribution, really. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that's about it for news. Um, so <laughs> let's talk about some stuff that we've been watching. Um, there is something that both Rachel and I have watched, although we've watched slightly differing levels of it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that we'll talk about in a minute. And I also watched a film on that I watched on Netflix, and that was Extraordinary Tales, which is a G-Kids um, release. And it is a anthology film based on the fil- on the work of Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah, I think that's probably one of the reasons I've been thinking about looking into that, but I think that's be- very... It's because it's Edgar Allan Poe that I'm just like, I want to see it, but I, I kind of am a little nervous about seeing it at the same time. I have to confess, my knowledge of Edgar Allan Poe goes as far as that episode of Simpsons Treehouse mm-hmm. of Horror. Yep. Oh, huh. Me too. Really? I... I don't think you know. It's not like anything we do at school over here or anything. It's just like I don't know. He's old geezer who did mm-hmm. <laughs> never more. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, it's definitely a required reading. Um, oh, oh, hang on. No, I we did the Telltale Heart at school. And, like, yeah, Telltale Heart. Um, the Black Cat too. Mm-hmm. At my school. Oh boy. Yeah, we didn't do any of that. That's scary. <laughs> that was scary stuff. So it's an anthology film, and it's each each of the uh, shorts. They're all actually written and directed by the same guy, uh, Raúl Garcia, and each one uses a different style of animation. They're all C- they're all CG animated, um, but they're quite varied in the style. Like, and there there is one based on. Fall of the House of Usher, and there's one based on Telltale Heart, there's one based on uh, Pit and the Pendulum, and another one. And um, they are basically, there's also like a wraparound story, which is the, um, it's supposed to be the soul of Edgar Allan Poe, uh, like having a discussion with death uh, mm. and Ooh. But his soul, his soul is represented by a blackbird, which IMDb said was a crow. And I'm thinking, surely it's a raven. Yeah, uh, but yeah, because that's the uh, big, that's the big, uh, that's the big one, isn't it? Um, and he's basically talking about his life, and it's just an excuse for them to uh, wrap around the, all the different stories. And um, like the wraparound story, has got this interesting visual style where it sort of looks like it could be done. Like paper cutouts. Hmm. Ah. Uh-huh. And I yeah, that, that sounds uh, cool. And I thought that looked really cool. And then the Fall of the House, the Usher one, that looked really cool. That uh, that was another CG one that sort of looked stop motiony. It sort of looked kind of like a bit like the Tim Burton produced stop motion films, like um, Corpse Bride and and Frank and Weenie and uh, things like that, and also. There was also a sort of hint of the style of the Book of Life in it, which is all the different textures. Oh, wow. 
And also, the voiceover in that bit is Christopher Lee. Ooh, mm. boy. Ooh, that's There's great. There's some star power. So that bit is really some creep, good. Some creep power as well. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next one is, I think, the uh, is the um, Telltale Heart. And Ooh. that one has got a C, it's like monochromatic look, and it's CG, and doesn't look that great. Um, in the voice of it is a archive recording of Bella Lugosi. Oh. So so far, this film has two Draculas. Uh, <laughs> that is interesting. I didn't know that. Wow. Has that happened before in cinema history? I don't know. <laughs> What's Two scarier Draculas than Dracula? What? Two Draculas. Two Draculas. <laughs> Double Draculas. Yeah, so that that bit wasn't so effective because I didn't really like the visual style so much. Mm-hmm. And then the next one is supposed is it tries to do like a graphic novel style. It looks almost like an animated comic, but it's also CG 3D. So it sort of looks a bit weird. Um I think the voiceover of that one was Julian Sands, and that one again wasn't wonderful. I think that was probably the weakest one. Mm. And then I think the next one, one of them has really, yeah, has really um quite impressive CG. So it looks, it looks sort of similar to the quality you'd see like in the CG in a probably. Maybe not a PS4 game, maybe a PS3 game, but pretty pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> and that one, the voiceover is Gilamiro del Toro. Gilamiro del Toro. Ooh. So yeah, so this has got pretty impressive cast. This it does. Uh, yeah, and uh, that one's pretty good. And then the final one, it's got this sort of weird. It, again, it's 3D CG, but it's got sort of a painter. It looks like it's hand painted at the same time. And that one, one of the voices is Roger Corman. <laughs> so it's like, these people in this. And that one, again, was all right. Uh, so uh, it's a bit of a mixed bag, because that's the thing about anthology films, they often can be. Uh, but there is enough in it that I say it's worth watching. And it's it's only like an hour and 12 minutes, the whole thing. So, oh, wow. Okay. And it, it's on Netflix in the US, so you can watch it there. And... Yeah, I think the first the, the first uh, one is the best, and maybe the first one you'd watch time and time again, and others you wouldn't. But mm-hmm. yeah, really, it really depends on whether or not what kind of what anim- which of the animation types speak to mm. you, and then also what kind of ta- what what tales are being told in this way. Like if you're and a fan got... of Edgar Allan Poe or not. <laughs> mm. It's got two Draculas, so there is that too. <laughs> Can't think of any other film that has uh, has that exactly. And a, and a Del Toro and a um, and a Roger Corman. So hey, that's impressive. That's impressive. Uh, impressive <laughs> and uh, the other thing I watched uh, was the thing that Rachel also watched. Yes, yes, it is. And what, what would that be? That would be Voltron, the Legendary Defender, which just came out on uh, Friday for Netflix. They put out the first 11 episodes. Chris, I believe you said you watched the first two. Yes. There was the hour, there was the hour pilot episode for the first 
the first episode, and then the, the every every sequence at ah, that subsequent episode was about twenty three minutes long. And he watched Chris. You watched the first two. I watched all eleven within <laughs> the first two days. And oh boy, just um, it's I'm still having trouble putting it to words. Just how wonderful an experience it was watching this series. Been how much I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes from here. It's definitely like you can tell that the people who were involved in this definitely took a lot of inspiration from the original series. But at the same time, they're doing it. They're very much doing their own spin on it. So, which is, I actually think, is probably a lot better than just trying to pander. It's like, oh, look at this. It's like this is like the original. Oh no, this is like the original. It's like, well, yeah, but just also give it, you know, its own level of creativity. You know, they change up some of the characters, and for better, you know, for for good effect, I think. Because um, I have to say, even though I know Shiro, who is the de facto leader, it seems of the group. Um, Voiced by uh, Josh Keaton, I believe, uh, one of my favorite one of my favorite voice actors, and uh, his I remember his character was like a, a spin off the original like um, anime uh, Go Lion leader, and I'm, I have to say so far he's my favorite out of the whole team. But even like with the other characters and how they have them split up and their group dynamic is definitely really cool to see. And I could, have... I could keep going on, but I was all like, let mm-hmm. someone else have a turn. <laughs> I I I liked it. Uh, what I see, <laughs> <laughs> I, I it was quite funny because um, I gather it it arrived obviously from midnight um, in, early, in on Friday. Yeah, because it it was I could just I guess it was you know like. It seemed to be people reacting on Twitter as it, you know, just as it came out. People were just like, "Oh, I'm watching Voltron," <laughs> so, and the enthusiasm people were having it was, it was like really, really fun to see um, that it was really working for people. It's like, ah, oh, good for them. Um, <laughs> and this is before I this is before I'd watched it. Um, I have to say, disclaimer first: I don't have any attachment to the original apart from, you know, the fact that it's I've got a soft spot for old anime. But I haven't actually seen it, and what I do know of it is sort of mixed up in my mind with Battle of the Planets. I think mm-hmm. when I think about it, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I was like, is there's a one of them to- like whoop, whoop. <laughs> they change noises? <laughs> is that Battle of the Planet or Voltron? I didn't know. That sounds um, like Battle of the Planet. <laughs> yeah, um, so I get those two mixed up, and also I haven't really watched any of. Uh, Avatar or Korra or no, none of Korra I think I watched an episode of Avatar it might have been an episode part way through or something and uh, it never particularly made me go back and watch it although I've heard that I should and <laughs> I, I, will, I will give it more time at some point one day Chris, wanted, one day I wanted to give that disclaimer so that I'm coming to it basically fresh um, <laughs> uh, yeah it's fun, it's really good uh, it's very, it's very polished and well done. The animation is excellent. The uh, the two D animation is very nice looking, um, and the CG for the robots and everything and the the lions, I thought it was very well integrated. Didn't you think so, Rachel? <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> I, I thought it was really it was really smooth transitioning between the two, and better than I've seen in a lot of different like you know 
even some Japanese anime, uh, Japanese animes, it was really just some, like, I've seen some do really good transitions, some not, but this is definitely on the, on the higher end. And it's good humor. I like the, it's funny because, um, even though both Avatar The Last Airbender and Korra both kind of have an anime style, like, you know, humor, like, they'll, it'll continue, like, split into, like, kind of cartoonish, like, you know, anime humor style, like, cutaways and stuff like that, but I'd say even more so than those shows, uh, Voltron Legendary Legendary Defender does that a lot, even, like, even more than it's, uh, the previous shows that Studio Mirror's done, and, uh, it's, I don't know, I think it's to positive effect, because it's, some like some of it works. Some of it sometimes it can be like hit or miss. But I think most of all, most of the time, it's just hit after hit after hit after hit. I find that really weird. I find I find it quite weird that there are uh, Western animated film animated things done in an anime sort of style. I find that weird in a start for starters. But <laughs> when they do, when they do the like, you know, like the anime comedy bits with all the faces changing and everything like that. I find that really weird. <laughs> so it's like, what? That's... What? <laughs> like, you're, you're so used <laughs> to seeing that somewhere else, but then you find it's like, yeah. oh, no, wait, that this is, you know, mostly Western-made, just like, oh, it's odd, but it's... I don't know. I think it's it's kind of... It's interesting to see you've got this group of people who just... who know this type of animation and just are... Uh, just kind of put their all into it. Yeah, and I, I've only watched a couple so far, and... um. I've, for the most part, I've I've been digging it. Um, there were occasional points where I thought, I this is a silly thing to say. I know, obviously, it's a it is aimed at kids and stuff as well. But sometimes it feels like a kid show. Um, well, <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be hard to break away from its roots because really, that's kind of what Voltron was. Even I mean, like I said, I was rewatching some of my old. Uh, the, the the old episode, older episodes um on the DVD on the DVD box of the first season that I have and it is very you know it's very silly very campy very cheesy and you definitely can tell with this show that they're definitely modernizing it a little bit and uh but it's still it's still not going to get away from its roots it is still kind of cheesy it is still kind of campy in certain in certain areas but not like not not at least with the mo- with the, the character dialogue between the multiple characters but uh i don't know it's just it's still it's still a space opera so all the goods and bads that come with that are still are still in play but if you if you dig that then this is a you know regardless whether or not you're familiar with the older show i still think it's it's a this is a series you can get into pretty easily i yeah it's it feels a lot like most so far it feels a lot like most sort of mecha anime to me yeah <laughs> but it's just it's just an american made one yeah so... that's what i felt actually like sorry to, to like jump in but like uh that's what i felt from just watching the trailers it was like oh this just looks like a sort of thing which is there about you know a dozen dozen of these sorts of things being made in japan this year mm-hmm. yes i guess so it's not... the thing that really sets it apart is the type of writing style, maybe. Yeah. Because, because basically, at the moment, to me, it doesn't feel like revolutionary or anything. Uh, it's like I saw, and it, it, I saw like a link to an interview or something, and it, uh, and it said about Voltron 
writers talk about serialization and bloody because I know Dan you were saying about oh are they gonna do serialized things like they do with um with their other Netflix shows and it looks like that yeah well they Rachel I guess you could tell me they they definitely do that yeah I I guess so I mean uh <laughs> I, I was only able just able to finish like the 11 episodes that they got uh that they have out on Netflix right now, but um, so I wouldn't be able to say other than just they've made it that far. But I would like to see that them continue to more episodes. Because I'm sorry, I'm not sure. If I'm... I mean that the stories in it, uh, it's serious. Like you have to it? watch it in the episode order, and you can't just like jump in episode five and it be this week. Yes, that yes. is right. Yeah, and it's I it's mean... told. It's a it's a linear story. I mean, there's literally nothing revolutionary about that that's just what they do in anime all the time yeah <laughs> it is it's also what they do with avatar and Korra. yeah and you know when you put it in an american thing it's like oh it's revolutionary it's like no it's not just... really it's i i'm i would say as much as i enjoy it, i wouldn't i wouldn't call it revolutionary I a revolutionary yeah, I series a revolutionary. i'd call it bold maybe yeah well it's because it's because in like american kids networks they like to show things in any order they like. I know. <laughs> so yeah, they just don't give a shit. They put Christmas episodes in June and all sorts. So they they don't like things that are serialized. Like, but no. you know that's the that's the standard anime way of doing things. And you know people enjoy watching things like it's, that because it's like it's oh how, I have to keep watching. It's how people watch things nowadays. I think like mm. if you're watching something on Netflix or. Like another streaming site, you go episode one. I'm going to start with episode one. And I think, like, I don't know many kids that, like, watch stuff on demand. Uh, but, like, is that what kids do? Like, if they, if you, you know, have Gravity Falls on, on demand or something, do you go I think... start with episode one? Yeah. Well, my, my nieces watch things on Netflix and Amazon, so. Oh, right. They're pretty, and I play, so they're pretty used to watching things on demand. So, mm-hmm. but they might just pick the episode they want. I think, <laughs> <laughs> but, but they're probably not at you know the age to really watch things with a a um a, a serialized story yet. True, yeah. It really depends. It depends on the age range, I think, because some it's like yeah. younger kids would be one more willing to watch you know something that's a bit more episodic, whereas the yeah. Older kids would probably be looking for more a serialized story. But I don't want to sound like I'm I'm down on it or anything. Cause oh I'm no, not. I've, I I have been really enjoying it. Uh, I'm just I'm just saying that I'm not like going, wow, this is the best thing I ever watched or anything. It's just <laughs> it was it's good. It's it's good. It, really good. It knows um, what is it. It knows what it is. It makes no apologies for it. And it does basically puts all of its time and energy in making to sure making sure that it is the uh, darn good space opera. And I'm like, you know it's what? Great. If it can do that just fine, then I am satisfied. It's just a really good example of what it's trying to do, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also, I wanted to give a little shout out for uh, some of the voices. I just wanted to give out a shout out for Reese Darby, the. Um, the, Starbies, the New Zealand, the, the New Zealand comedy, comedy, yeah, comedian, uh, who's in it? Yeah, he's Flight the. Um, oh God, the character's uh, name is escaping me. Murray Present, that one. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, uh, he's in it. He's doing his own accent. And does he? I, 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 does he? Does he play Keith? No, no, oh. Keith. Because <laughs> I saw, I saw you tweet like that's not a very sci-fi sounding name. That's that's <laughs> a name from from the original Voltron. Yeah, he was actually like, the original oh, leader. They they they've changed it around. Shiro is the leader in this version, whereas uh, in the older show, Keith was actually the leader. Which is, I find yeah, like, actually hilarious with the way they're changing up the group dynamic because the actual character Keith in the Legendary Defender, he's he's very different. Like he's out of all the characters that they've been able to expand upon, he and Lance, I think, are the only ones who really <laughs> haven't had any real time devoted to them in terms of like you know what makes them tick. Other than Lance is now the new kind of like jump, you know, leap before you think kind of character, like you know, uh, man of action of the group and it's just like I'm I'm more interested to see if they can work are going to expand on his character later along with Lance but it's one of those like kind of like they're only 11 episodes in and they're obviously going to do more so maybe they're saving that for later I'm I I kind of feel like I'd be not surprised if I found out that Reese Darby like improvised some of his lines (laughs) because basically I I think almost everything he says is funny in it and generally there you know I didn't laugh a lot at the show but I thought everything Reese Darby said generally was great um, he was good and also, and also uh, I thought Tyler Levine was also good as as Hunk is it? yeah I mean, he's Hunk. good as well yeah he he had some good bits as well <laughs> and as as, uh, as Dan has alluded to I find it hilarious that there's a guy in a sci-fi show called Keith voiced by our I forget Forgive me, his name is escaping me. Um, goodness, give me a second. I know his name. Uh, Stephen Yuen. Uh, yeah, Stephen Yuen as he's playing yeah. Keith in this version. And I have to say, you know, from coming off The Walking Dead, this is actually a fairly good performance. Even though he really, compared to some of the rest of the cast members, doesn't get that many lines. <laughs> but I, we have suggested that there might be in future a um, a more in-depth spoilery discussion of Voltron which seeing as more people are um, seem to be very excited about it <laughs> then I think that should probably happen but Agreed. for now for now I think we would just say Voltron's good go watch it yep <laughs> go support it please and also it's um that I think that shows you how kind one of the ways to do a reboot Really? Oh heck yes! Put it in the same thing as like the Thundercats reboot and Danger Mouse. It's a good one. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And it'll be interesting to see because DreamWorks have got the rights to lots of like old franchises, which is how this has happened. So it'd be interesting if they did similar things with some other ideas. <laughs> yeah, I forget exactly what what series they actually own, but hey, that'll be that'll be a surprise for later, I'm sure. I mean, they've got like He-Man and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. they own He-Man. <laughs> I think so. Oh, they all bought, the like, filmation stuff. They bought like this. They bought like this company that owns the that's called like Classic Tunes or something. It's just got, and it's it's got things like Casper and all sorts oh, wow. and things like that. But also things like um, things like He-Man and mm-hmm. maybe GI, not GI Joe. I don't know, but yeah, that's Hasbro. Of, yeah. Lots of old stuff. <laughs> so, 
and this is the first time I've actually done anything with any of it, so that would be interesting to see what they do with next. Indeed. I, I'm assuming from the way uh, this has been received that there will be more of this before too long, and they they seem to sometimes dump out episode dump out like <laughs> they see they put out episodes fairly regularly of some of these DreamWorks series like like there's a new batch of DreamWorks Dragons Race to the Edge coming out later this month as well so I don't know if they I don't know if it's every year or if it's more regularly than that yeah so. I certainly hope it's a bit more regular because uh well, I probably shouldn't say anything here, but just as I'm really, I'm, I'm already eager for more episodes. <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't be that surprised if there's some more episodes in like six months or something, because eleven episodes, it's not, it's not like they put out twenty-two episodes or anything, is it? Yeah, supposedly so... I keep hearing like everywhere else that there are thirteen episodes made, yet I only see eleven on Netflix. So I'm like, where's the other two? <laughs> Oh, perhaps it's a Christmas special. <laughs> oh yeah, because Netflix does do that. It's quite annoying. If there's a special, they'll list it separately. Like the BoJack Horseman Christmas special is its own <laughs> selection. It's not like something you can select when you just type in BoJack Horseman. That would be weird though, because it just—I don't know. Because I—I can't, like I said, I can't get into it because we're this is spoiler-free discussion of the show. But just like it's. Considering where episode 11 leaves off, it's, it would be really strange to just, like, kind of leave off at that point when they, you know, you know that there are two other episodes waiting in the wings. It's just like, well, come on, get them out. But anyways, they probably, I like to think they know what they're doing, so I'm just going to let them do their thing and try my best to wait patiently. <laughs> Keyword being try. A very vulture on Christmas. <laughs> just, No. <laughs> No. Not yet, at least. Apart from the whole season. Well, I know we made a hint hint that uh at a certain old anime series that I dug up or at least I mentioned earlier in the podcast called a certain called show called Zoid's Battle Century. And really Uh. there is not too much to say about it other than it was fun, it had giant robot animals that people would pilot and do in these big like team matches. And, uh, it's, like I said, giant robot animals, and that's pretty much it. (laughs) It's, 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 it was fun series. I think it was one of the, um, one of the shows they brought on Toonami. Like, relatively, like, I would think it was a bit later in the game, after, like, with the, when the block was kind of winding down, I think. But it was... It was, it was very entertaining, and, like, if you want a good action, another good action series... To watch, I would recommend that. I'm not sure if the CG and 2D was as well integrated in that show because it was a bit, a bit older, but it's still worth a watch, I'd say. Cute. And the only other thing I'd like to mention is like I've been, I heard the news. 
about this one anime that's going to become that's already out in Japan, I believe, and it's out on Netflix there. But it's and they say that it's probably going to get streamed on Netflix, you know, around the world at some point. But they have yet to do it because I went to look on Netflix and I couldn't find it. But it was this anime series called Kuro Mukuro, and it's about a let's see if I can break this down. Um, it's you know anime. Anime plots can get a little little zany, but this one is basically there are these giant robots that come from outer space, and uh, supposedly they were attacking feudal Japan. One of them, oh. <laughs> one of them supposedly got taken by the feudal samurai and gets buried underground for who knows how many years later. Cut forward to modern. Flash forward to modern day where they've dug up this robot and use it as a base to create their own robots. And then these big bad alien robots come back and start causing mayhem and in the in the chaos you they reawaken the one that was buried underground and the samurai that was buried along with it. And so not only do you have giant robot action, but you also have a samurai from the you know, an older samurai trying to interact with modern day technology. What? That sounds amazing. <laughs> it that is actually like War of the from World what I hear, it sounds like great. Thor and what? That sounds so good. It is. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun. I highly recommend looking into it because I don't know if it's gotten a wider because as far as I know it hasn't gotten a wider release yet but from what I've seen it looks like people are already kind of like freaking out over how awesome this show is. Like, A, the military that's, you know, organization that's involved with, uh, you know, on the, you know, on the good side are all actually competent, which doesn't really happen too much in giant robot animes. Normally, like, you a new threat shows up and they throw the military at it. It doesn't work, so then that's when they call in the giant robots. But even, even though it has shades of that in this series, at least when they throw the military at it, they kind of, they actually behave competently. It's like okay, well, this didn't work, so let's try this kind of kind of thing. And and what is that called, Rachel? It's called Kuro Mukuro. I was kind of hoping that there was they were going to stick around in the samurai era with giant robots because that sounded cool. Well, they well they keep <laughs> flashing back to it because apparently there was like this big big traumatic event that they keep flashing back to, and uh, there's probably something happened that they're going to allude to later. But I'm not as I'm not too sure about how that how that's going to work yet, because they're only a couple episodes in in uh, Japan. Because I think it only started airing in April, so it's a very it's a very new series. And I believe the studio who worked on it was um, what's their name? It was a uh, PA Works. They're the same folks who did uh, Angel Beats back in uh, oh, 2010. Okay. I've heard of that. Yeah. <laughs> But it looks really good. The animation, from what I've seen, is top-notch. And it, it's it got great action, from what I can see. And also, um, there's this one uh, gif of the series that I keep seeing over and over. is when um, one of the midway episodes where you see, the like I said, you see the samurai interacting with modern uh, technology, including yelling at a samurai drama on TV, tell, yelling, <laughs> make, them, make them act right! <laughs> That's where the four bit comes in. Yeah, that's where the four bit comes in. And I have to say, it's it's pretty entertaining from what I've seen so far. But I will, I'm I'm still waiting for it to be officially 
released on Netflix because I think that's probably going to take off like wildfire. They might be waiting I, I, to dub it, perhaps. It's possible. Yeah, Netflix do that. They dub things in about 12 languages. <laughs> <laughs> they they have some weird... They actually have some weird anime they have on there like that you wouldn't think that they'd put internationally. Like, There's this one on there called... Um, I think it's Cyborg 09 versus Devilman. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm familiar with is... Cyborg 09, but what? Yeah, it's, that's an, like a really old anime series. And Devilman was a really old anime series from like the 70s. And they've just mixed them together. And then they've dubbed that in about 12 different languages. It's like, huh. this, this is a strange choice. Yeah. I... I watched an episode of it and I was like, I, I, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> but they're, they're really bizarre series to mash together. <laughs> yeah, Cause, definitely. Because one of them is one of them's a sci-fi show, and one of them's about Devil Man is about a um, a guy who becomes half demon so that he can fight demons because demons eat his parents or something. Um, <laughs> Some traumatic backstory. Yeah, and you know it's this really dark and horror influence. Like I saw the old, like an old '90s OAV of it, and it was really disturbing because there was like this demon thing that had a, a turtle shell, and it had it it captured souls in it, and it had like had the faces of the people it captured on mm. on the shell, and they were all conscious. And that is creepy. Really... That almost sounds like a kind of variation on a kappa yeah and that thing was in this episode that I watched oh my god <laughs> it's like what well, these are really weird things to put together I don't know what's going on yeah, especially oh. I mean, Cyborg 09 had its uh, had its darker moments but I think at least it, it tried to be a bit more on the lighthearted scale apparently the um, the creators uh, have like worked together and they always wanted to do a collaboration Oh, okay. That makes sense. Okay. Slightly more sense. Uh, yeah, that, that's on Netflix. <laughs> if you want to be really confused. <laughs> Apparently, um, Kurumukuro is, uh, has English subs on Japanese Netflix. Oh, okay. Oh. So if you can uh, uh, burrow into Japanese Netflix... I don't know. I've never tried that, but I can I can give it a shot. <laughs> I tried that, and I like added loads of movies to my list, and then felt like an idiot because none of them. They're all in Japanese. Yeah, none of them had subs. <laughs> that's interesting. They put English subs on the Japanese Netflix. That's that's interesting. They very rarely do. I think they sometimes. I think it's... they might know what they're doing. I perhaps. Mm-hmm. Like if they. I don't know if like diehard anime fans like uh, end up watching it. They might see, oh look, loads of IPs from Europe and US have been watching this show that's on Netflix. They might give them an idea of like how to how popular it might be uh, if they release it elsewhere. Perhaps I don't know. Or or it might be an indicator that it's probably going to be released elsewhere, uh, like because they've already done the subs. Because it's going to be released globally, or right. released. Yeah, 
Yeah, they said they're definitely so, going to release it globally. They just haven't really said what date that is yet. Oh, okay. okay I think then. as far as I, I've looked into it. It's weird for Netflix to hold on to stuff like that, though. Yeah. They've done it. They have done it before. Like, um, uh, there was a series called Arn, I think, that is now everywhere, but I think it was only in Japan for a bit. But only with um, Japan. I don't mean uh, not other countries. Yeah. Mm. I don't care. As long as I, f- I find a way to legally watch the show and watch the uh, main character, the samurai character, run down the hallway screaming for his robotic motorcycle, screaming, HORSE! <laughs> he calls he calls the robot his steed. It's great. It's fantastic. That's very thought. That that does sound fun. So, like I said, hopefully I can find a find a way to watch that on Netflix very soon and I can give you a more in-depth uh review of it, but it's just right now from what I've seen, it looks awesome and hilarious all at the same time. So, it's that's really all I've been had time to watch this week. Okay, then you don't really watch telly or anything, but have you got seen anything that you want to talk about in any way? In in, <laughs> in my in my trademark fashion, I watched about like fifteen minutes of um, Voltron actually. <laughs> oh, okay. And like, I was really impressed with like the uh, the production is amazing. It um, is. And it's, it very, was like, it's very well done. It was quite entertaining. I didn't expect to be drawn in by it, and I'm definitely like going to go back and at least finish watching the pilot because I found it quite amusing and it, yeah, it was quite well written, I think. So yeah. I didn't expect to, but I'm gonna, uh, I think, try and check that out. Sweet. Um, what else have I been doing? I don't know. Not very much. I've been at I've I've like been at Elkaf this weekend. The uh, London like comic festival. Nice. Oh, right. it's been like, yeah, it's been great. I've been, uh, yeah, I bought a bunch of like awesome new comics and met <laughs> of really cool um, independent like creators and uh, yeah, uh, have have had a blast there. So I've not really been watching like much. I <laughs> I watch a bunch of Bob Ross stuff. <laughs> because like he was actually never I don't know about you Chris I never saw him on UK TV but he no he, no I didn't he, know who he was but he bled through like as a part of American pop culture um mm-hmm. like in parodies of things and people would mention him <laughs> totally and, like there was a family guy like you know um little piss take and but yeah I'd never seen his stuff and I'm a convert I'm like you know, he, you could say whatever you want, like about the quality of each painting, and just say like, "Oh, it's a bit kitsch," it's you know, whatever. But man, it's like meditating. It's so, <laughs> it's so calming, and he's just like, "Ah, oh, he's great." So I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna definitely watch all of those if I can. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's not animation though. Um, well, it's. <laughs> It's not what I have been watching. Watching it's what I've watched, um, mm-hmm. like, and it's kind of relevant uh, or topical, I guess. Uh, when Marnie was there was released this uh, past week in the UK. Right. Yeah. On Friday. Yes. Um, a limited release. <laughs> yeah, oh yes. Yeah, super limited. Um, 
So I guess like sure. do a quick uh, few words on that if anyone's interested. Sure. Yes, please. Yeah. Um, well, um, it is the second film directed by Hiromasa Yonabayashi, uh, who directed um, Arietti uh, back in 2009 or 10, was it? I think it was, yeah, right around 2010, I think. Yeah, and um, I actually really like him. He, like, he's a really interesting like animator and, and director. I thought that, uh, like, out of him and uh, Goro Miyazaki, who were, like, the two directors <laughs> that Ghibli was quite obviously trying to... Um, what's the word? Uh, develop um, as, as potential, <laughs> like, heirs to... Miyazaki and or Takahata I thought that he was the most individual and like promising and competent frankly um, he's like a, he's a really good animator he's um, he's animated some quite like iconic moments from Ghibli himself like he animated Chihiro's dad eating the eating at the start of Spirited Away and oh. he's animated like uh, he animated the f- first scene in Ponyo where you see her break out of the like underwater prison she's in and all of of those like fish that sort of like dive up and then back into the water he animated that stuff so like he's a he's a great animator anyway getting to like when Marnie was there um has anyone like read the book no unfortunately I've been wanting to well the the book is is set um in in Norfolk actually um and it's like this uh this is like a children's children's book written in the 60s um and it's it's quite atmospheric and it's uh it's it's is one of those books where like you know the 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 setting really is like a character in itself it's really sort of it really sort of colors the whole um story in 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 kind of like a kind of creepy sort of isolating way it's a bit spooky um where is norfolk (laughs) yeah Uh, so um and kind of with arietti uh which like which was based on another like british children's novel uh the film is relocated they relocated the story to hokkaido in japan which is uh i guess like a close-ish match uh it's like you know, not very tropical. There's sort of quite overcast sort of skies going on from the looks of it based on like the backgrounds in the film. Um, and it's this quite sweet story about a girl who um, is kind of troubled and she's sent uh, her foster mother can't really handle her. And she's sent to live with uh, a family and, um, in the in I'm gonna talk about the, the story of the movie in, in Hokkaido and she sort of has to adjust to life there and deal with making friends, which she's not very good at doing. Um because she's quite rude and and she's she's shy, but when she talks to people she comes off as quite rude. Um uh, that's Anna. And um, she she encounters uh, 
this girl while she's wandering around the marshes uh, who who looks kind of old-fashioned. She wears like quite old-fashioned clothes and she comes from like an old marsh house and she she uh, she goes back there in the daytime and of course the, the house is like boarded up and deserted and it's kind of like a little bit of a ghost story. Um, and uh, it's, it's, it's a really hard thing to talk about because the ending of the story is one of those stories where the ending completely changes how you've been watching it. Mm. Um, I hope that's not too like a reveal. I can't really say without really completely ah. the whole thing away. And it's a really good story. Um, as a film, it's, 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 uh, it's interesting. It's one of those Ghibli movies, which is definitely like low, low key. It's very concerned with like day to day life, and there's like there's no real fantasy actually, apart from this sort of supernatural ish character um, of Marnie. And and it's kind of like Yona Biashi is his he actually joined Ghibli after watching um, Whisper of the Heart, and that's one of his all time favorite movies. And you can kind of see like that he was influenced by it in the way that um, when Marnie was there plays out. It's, it's, it's very comfortable with like the slice of lifeiness kind of thing going on. And if you like that in Ghibli movies, then I think there's a lot to enjoy when, in, when Marnie was there. Um, it's ever, I mean, it's, it's a really gentle film and I think it might be slightly too gentle for its own good at times. Um, in like it, it doesn't really t- it, it, it kind of does this thing and it's quite old fashioned that Chibi movies tend to do where it, it hints things um, it, hints, it hints at conflicts that you can read into uh, where you'll get the more serious substance of the story but that stuff isn't really on the surface. On the surface, everyone's quite polite, and it's quite a gentle film. But it's beautiful. Um, obviously, it's a Ghibli movie like to look at. Mm-hmm. Animation's incredible. Um, uh, so yeah, it's 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 kind of it's kind of a tricky one for me. I think it's probably for me on a par with Arietti, which I really enjoyed. Um, it's definitely a lot better than. Um, Goro Miyazaki, uh, Goro Miyazaki's movies. Ah, um, uh, yeah. It's yeah. I I liked it. I think it's a better film than uh, From Up on Poppy Hill because it has. I do like that one. Do you? <laughs> I, I'm sorry. No, yes, no, no, I do. I, I'm, I'm not. I don't. I don't. I don't mean to say it like that. But um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, how could you like that? Uh. For me, that film kind of struggles because it doesn't really have a good ending it just sort of stops after a little bit um i I mean there yeah there's a reveal at the end but i think that when money was there has a little bit more of a tidy overall like contained story going on uh yeah it's it's um 
it's a good movie. Yeah, I, I, I quite like it. I mean, as you can tell, I'm not completely over the moon by it because it's I'm over the moon with it because it is like one of those quieter sorts of mm-hmm. sort of films, which is you know not showing off and there's a lot to like about it and mm-hmm. yeah, recommend it because from the looks of it, it's like the last Studio Ghibli uh, in-house movie that we're going to see for a while. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a funny one. Um, but I really, really want Yonobayashi to keep making, uh, animated movies because I think he's a really interesting director and he really gets story and character, um, a lot more than Koran Miyazaki, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I remember really enjoying Arietti when I first watched it and I've been meaning to check out uh, when Marnie was there. So hopefully I'll get a chance to see it soon. That is that Arietti is actually the most successful Ghibli film in America. Uh, I did not know that. It's surprising. Well, you know, it was the most successful in cinema run anyway, um, which is why quite often like things will be promoted like from the director is spirited away and Arietti or from the studio that brought you. Right. Spirited like, away and Arietti is because Arietti was actually really popular. Mm. They uh, did. The they did a really good job of like pushing that on the sort of Disney Channel audience, didn't they? Yes, they did. They, I remember watching it when it was first coming out, and it was getting promoted everywhere. So it had really good advertising. So that, if in that regard, it's no wonder it, it probably reached that spot and just one of the most popular Ghibli films in the U.S. Mm. Uh, yeah, if, if, if you liked Arietti, then I think you'll definitely like when Marnie was there. Awesome. Sweet. <laughs> oh, and uh, actually, Dan, did you know that um, only yesterday, uh, Blu-ray release in the UK in August. Oh, I didn't know that. That's great. I I found it on on Amazon. I was looking around. Oh. I found I found that clipped it through. When's it coming out? Oh, August. Awesome. Oh, I hope they include the making of. The making of is really good. It's 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 really like uh, warts and all account of how bad Takahata was at keeping on schedule. Um, <laughs> and, uh, Miyazaki was like producing the movie, and there are just so much of the documentary. It's just Miyazaki with his head in his hands. Just going, <laughs> oh shit, what am I meant to do? <laughs> yeah, uh, August 15th, it says on Amazon at the moment. Uh, DVD Blu ray combo, £16 on Amazon at the moment. Uh, doesn't say about features. Jobs are good, and though. I'm sure they will. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it'll be worth having complete the set. Well, won't complete the set because <laughs> I still I still have them all on Blu-ray anyway. <laughs> no, 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 not uh, why. I, I I pick my faves. I pick my faves. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that is coming out. So there we go. So it's not long after it's coming out in America. In that's coming out in July. Yep. So. Soon. Very soon. Cool. So they're not they're not making us wait too long. Um, Avon, <laughs> did you want to talk about how the last um, 
Oh. I, yeah. Animation Nights went. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because I've really just been watching um, the some film submissions, really. Um, mm. Yeah, we, and we're up to like 1,560. Whoa. I know, we'll be hitting the... We'll be hitting the 1600 mark soon, I think. Um, and yeah, they've been really great. But yeah, we're, so we're at um, 180 Maiden Lane now, um, with you know indoor grass and and uh, there's a little cafe now that that open in there, and they've you know beer and wine and and stuff. And and uh, we probably had like 300 people. I mean, I think my estimation is a little bit low, actually, but I think we probably had about 300 people there. <laughs> And um, they were, yeah, and they were accommodated comfortably, which was really cool, you know, like, um, there was just plenty of, of space for everybody, so it was beautiful, it was it was a great event, and um, yeah, everyone uh, really, uh, really had a good time, I think, that a lot of really positive, we get a lot of really positive feedback, and um, yeah, it was a terrific lineup of films, it also... I was saying this before, but it also screened um, at Expo North. That same program screened uh, at Inverness um, as well as, as New York City on the same day. So that was pretty cool um, just to have that happen, you know. But uh, <laughs> International. <laughs> international. Yeah, actually, um, we've been sort of doing that a lot lately. I've, I'm in touch with a couple of different festivals um, so we can do more of that just to sort of get the work out there, you know? Um, and, you know, and we are definitely, I mean, we have to sort of announce it officially, officially, but we will be, um, having, uh, the animation nights, uh, best of fest at the end of September. Um, and really? yeah, really, really excited about that, but there's a lot of really cool news that I'll, that I'll be able to, um, sort of announce officially, um, on the podcast soon. Um, super exciting though. <laughs> really, really cool stuff. And yeah, we, we have a ton of um, sort of panels and programs lined up for that as well. So yeah, it was just, it was just great. It's, they're just, they're just getting bigger and, um, and we're just getting more people and, uh, you know, it means more work and more, um, and we're getting more film submissions, you know, um, but I don't know. It's just lovely. Like, like, uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, it's a big animation party. Like everyone's there um, for the same uh, for the same reason. You know, to watch watch these films. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yep. Yep. So yeah, try and make it out to the next one, July thirteenth. Ah. <laughs> My mom's birthday. No kidding. Oh, really? Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Nice. We should announce that. I should put it on the program. (laughs) (laughs) Under the under the AFA um, logo. (laughs) Happy birthday, Chris's mom. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That would be awesome. You'll be you'll you'll be wished a happy birthday in New York. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I'll have like three people reading it. (laughs) Probably. At two o'clock, two o'clock in the morning, UK time. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I definitely have to do that. We'll put it in small print. It'll be mysterious. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, <it'll> probably, <laughs> we have to totally do that. <laughs> oh, that's happening. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah. 
<laughs> so, right. so, yeah. Okay. <laughs> when, so, July 13th, the next yes. one. Try and make it if you're in the area. Yes. Um, <laughs> well, we were just talking about um, when Marnie was there, coming out in the UK. Um, there was an interview that has been published. It was on the Guardian website um, with... Uh, Yonibashi and one of the producers um, doing a Q&A about when Marnie was there and it has caused a bit of a controversy uh, because they made uh, some remarks that have not gone down very well um, when they were asked um, about the possibility of Ghibli ever hiring a woman director um, and the the producer, one of the producers on when Marnie was there, uh, who was by the name of uh, Yoshiaki Nishimura, uh, he was a producer on when Marnie was there, but he is not at the studio anymore. Um, and when he was asked whether Ghibli would employ a female director, uh, he said. It depends on what kind of film it would be. Unlike live action with animation, we have to simplify the real world. Women tend to be more realistic and manage day-to-day lives very well. Men, on the other hand, tend to be more idealistic and fantasy films need that idealistic approach. I don't think it's a coincidence men have picked. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this... This comment was not very well received. Uh, uh, I think it's fair to say. <laughs> um, uh, the thing was, obviously, this went round as people saying, Ghibli say, <laughs> Ghibli say women can't direct films. And it's like, that isn't actually what's happened. That wasn't exactly what he opinion. said either. I mean, he had he very clearly no. had an opinion. He probably said he probably should have thought more about what he said before mm. he said it. But he yeah, was—I don't his... think he was not speaking for Ghibli. Yeah, well, he was whilst saying. He, no. whilst, whilst he wasn't, like it's kind of like if you're doing press for a movie, you're mm-hmm. you're uh, representing. representing your studio and the ideals of your supposed, you know, supposedly of your studio and of your film. So you can't expect those sorts of comments to, you know, not uh, be considered entirely out of context. Not only that, but it's even more damaging than if he had just come out and said some a blank statement because it's like it's got that sort of insidious tone that um, is a big problem, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? I mean... Um, because yeah, uh, yeah, it gives me the creeps. <laughs> I don't blame you. Yeah, it's it's a really, 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 really stupid. <laughs> it's I, I, it's really tricky because I think it yeah it's it's a stupid thing to say. It's it's just it's pointless to try and. Um, yeah, uh, tar like everyone of each gender with the same brush. But the problem is, is that it's it just seems to me like a very conservative sort of mindset, basically. And when you look at, like you were saying, Chris, if you if you think of it in terms of um, 
uh, Helen McCarthy's sort of uh, view on uh, on on sexism in in Ghibli and in Ghibli movies, it it's not it's shocking, but it's not actually unfortunately that surprising. So so what Helen McCarthy has sort of like said about Miyazaki and the Ghibli. Uh, sort of attitude towards gender roles is that and and it's and it's actually true and it's 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 interesting to to notice it and once you notice it it's hard not to notice it is that ghibli movies are very good at um liberating younger women and Mm -hmm. girls and but you'll notice that in the movies once women get to a certain age, they're expected to settle down and be at home, look after the kids, um, be reliable, and support the husband. I mean, that's not that. Obviously, that's a generalization in itself. But when you look at you know uh, the families in Kiki's Delivery Service, you know you see women settling down and it, assuming quite traditional gender roles and when you think about the the people in the studio themselves like Miyazaki's wife in fact actually gave up her career to go home and uh, uh, raise his ch- raise their children and she still makes lunch for him every day so it, the studio is actually kind of founded on quite conservative like traditional ideas of uh like gender roles that said um the 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 producer um sorry what's he called again chris nishimura Nishimura is is kind of ignoring the entire uh workforce that drives ghibli because a lot of the uh salaried like animators are are women and like miyazaki's um you know uh, his his color designer for every single one of his movies. He's uh, um, um, I think she's called Michio Yas, Yas, Yasuda. Um, she you know she's as important a part of like those movies as, as uh, the music or anyone else. And when you when you look at that, it doesn't kind of. It's not cut and dry, is what I think I'm trying to say. And if if you want to give him the benefit of the doubt, um, Nishimura, he he said that women are, are, are realistic and men are idealistic. And you can look at that like in in not in, it's sexist and it's stupid to like try and car you know each gender with the same brush, but. It's 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 kind of you know swings and roundabouts a little bit. I mean, yeah, but doesn't it also imply lack of imagination? <laughs> uh, yeah, it does. But then again, you, I, look. The thing is, you could also say he's saying that men tend to have their heads in the clouds and women have their feet on the ground, and 
you know, get shit sorted out a little bit more. So it really is up to interpretation. Yeah, and that's the that's the troubling. Sort of, except that they're the ones being hired, so it's also implied that they get things done. I don't know. I, I, no, no, you're right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because when yeah. You look at, like Ghibli's like workforce, there's never been a female director, and there's um, there are female animation directors. I think that's as as high as the the they get up the ladder, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, like it's, I mean, it's worth seeing it in that light. I think, um, his, his comments be in that they're shocking, but when you look at how the studio is sort of how, how it functions and some of the, uh, gender sort of roles as they've been reflected in the movies, they might be a little bit more conservative than people would expect. Yeah, but that's not an excuse, though. You know no, what I mean? No. Like, that's not... It doesn't It doesn't really... I mean, what it does is it, the fact that he said that so sort of casually or thought that... I mean, I'm sure he didn't... It wasn't necessarily intentionally saying that to cause a controversy. <laughs> that's no, the um, sort of... And, yeah. And, that's and the that's, disheartening part. <laughs> it's you disheartening, know, but I think also, like, when you... Um, I think it's sometimes easy to forget that Japan is very far away, and not just obviously geographically or anything, but like culturally, it's it's an island, and sometimes things arise. I, th- things arise like that. Miyazaki has commented on that seem just like whoa, like where the hell did that come from? Because it doesn't. It it just seems like to come like a meteor into like the zeitgeisters as you understand it from like an English world perspective. That's true, but we have the same kind of disparity in the United States, you know, with regard to the number of female directors and the number of, uh, I mean, I think it's getting better for sure, but, uh, oh, well, yeah. no, it, it is. But what know? I'm saying, what I'm saying is like, maybe it's less of a conversation. Maybe it's, maybe, uh, Nishimura expected those comments to be, uh, you know, not 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 really seen so strongly under a microscope. I'm not saying like I'm not trying to excuse it or anything like that. Oh no, I know. Yeah, it's no, worth, I know. Like, understanding that he they're not you know he's not party necessarily to the same conversations about like gender roles and sexuality that you know are happening. I don't know though because again like I'm just uh, sort of sort of repeating myself but it's yeah. that sort of insidious kind of uh notion these notions that exist that um um are, are the reason for I think you know a lack of uh women in in power <laughs> Yeah and yeah. that's why that's why I think the Helen McCarthy's uh older comments about mm-hmm watching Ghibli movies and kind of seeing that they reflect quite conservative ideas about gender yeah. roles is, is worth like, you know, thinking about because right and noting. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Cause people, people think, you know, a lot of Western people think, Hey, Miyazaki puts all these, these female heroines. He's, he's a feminist. Yeah. And it's like, well, no, he's actually not. <laughs> He's, he's never exclusively I mean, stated that he ha- that he is. He just that's just how he, he casts his no, movies. I, I think I think he is, and it's 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 tricky. Like 
he is from he's an old guy and it's it's not an excuse no it's like no, i don't no. i don't excuse grandpa for being racist either you know what i mean like, no, my thinking is as long as you're breathing there's a lesson I'm, to be no, learned for you <laughs> i'm not saying that i'm saying yeah uh, what like to him seems like feminism mm-hmm. like not nowadays so right. It's it's like I'm not saying yeah it's no excuse or anything like that um, for grandpa not being able to catch it up. <laughs> it's it's worth remembering that you know it it comes from like an, an older an older world and like I don't know it's it's a how is does it, the song it, go? You have to be carefully taught. How does it oh, go? I know that song. <laughs> it's nope. it was from an old musical. It's about about I wasn't not necessarily about gender roles per se, but it is about you know it was about it was more about racial tension than anything. But it's 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 all comes from the idea that you have to be taught these ideas from a very young age, and once they are set in, they are very hard to change, regardless of what they are. Mm. I mean, so. yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting like thing for me to have arisen from Ghibli because like I I do casually when I think about Ghibli I think oh yeah Miyazaki like he champions women like not just in his movies but also like in his workforce he really values um their contribution and he like or actually around the time that like Kiki's delivery service was happening like he was making a very conscious effort to hire female staff um so it's I just want to like say it's not as cut and dry as like flat right. sexism. It's definitely like problematic and you know, ignorant. But yeah, like right. like most things, when you can take when you take like two things two things out of context, you can form a, a an opinion of something based on like a few comments. But I think it's a right. lot more like complicated than it seems that's why it's worth talking about i mean because uh you know it's like all this stuff has to be unpacked i mean Mm -hmm. that's the thing like you know you you learn something at an early age and that's fine but you know that's why the best thing for the whole world is travel (laughs) is people getting out there and you know meeting other people and sort of shattering their preconceived notions and if you can't travel, honestly, I think, like, animated short film and documentaries are, like, the next best thing, you know? Yeah. Honestly. Um, because they, just because the that kind of direct expression exists, you know, and, and it really can open people's minds right. and, and change their perspectives, yeah. um, you know? I, I, I think the part of um, Nishimura's comments that I don't like is the ending where he says, I don't think it's a coincidence that men are picked. And it's, yeah, that, like, that it's, seems it's, out of everything you said was the most troubling one. Like it's it's like it sounds to me like you know when people talk about like people of different races mm-hmm. uh, not getting roles which white people get. It's like well, the best actor was jo- the best actor for the job was chosen, and it's like well, <laughs> like, are you sure about that? Yeah, are you yeah, sure? absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's like who's deciding? Like comment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and certainly when you look at like management at Studio Ghibli and like typically like Japanese companies, they're run by really old like conservative <laughs> guys, and it's just a boys' club. Yeah. So you know, I think it it is uh, 
not a coincidence that men are picked. But, <laughs> but not, yeah, not because of why he picks. Because, <laughs> but it's stuffy old dude. And, but I think it's 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 worth like mentioning as well that you know this is actually reflective somewhat of of animation uh, outside of Japan as well. That mm-hmm. you know women are a strong part of like the workforce, and there are lots of like fantastic like uh, um, women like animators and designers and um, lighting directors and all the rest of it but like where are the directors where's where's mm-hmm. the eye right it's something in the industry that needs to s- progress for mm-hmm. sure not well, just definitely. not just in Japan but all around the world uh, I mean and whilst it's good that uh, independent uh, women animators uh, you know, is becoming a more common thing. I think it's important that the bigger studios recognize the need. Definitely. Because the same problem exists. It's like this old boys club yeah. <laughs> status quo thing. I mean, it's exactly the same problem. Yeah, I know. When I, yeah, I think um, it's, I think it's going to happen in the next few years. Like, there are some, some real, like, well, I hope it does because there are some talents, like, kicking around like in in the US that I just I, I know like there are some good like budding directors mm-hmm. they just need to be hired oh yeah well that's the thing I mean but I mean, that's see, it though yeah. like there's the talent and there's the there's everything you need apart from just the simple act of saying how about her exactly and that's the thing I mean I mean that's part of what I'm pushing with um, Animation Nights New York is, Mm. um, you know, part of what I want to do is, like, the next few steps is going to include, I mean, I want to be a conduit for for these filmmakers to, you know, so that they can get work. Because, and I, you know, I'm constantly now being, um, you know, asked if I know any animators (laughs) looking for work. And, you know, because people are coming to me now, um, as sort of like a because of the festival, you know, and um, and I the goal and it's been sort of a um, part of the plan all along um, is to kind of create, you know, not just a database but kind of like a website for that. But um, you know that'll be a little little ways. Well, God knows everything's moved so fast. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe it'll happen in the next couple months. But um, but um, but that's part of the reason, you know. It's just to like sort of take that middle layer, middle management kind of layer, weird judging, controlling thing out of the picture and just be able to go like, look, these are the films that were shown. These are, you know, this is the portfolio, you know, different portfolios of these people, and, you know, choose one, <laughs> you know, and, and as long as they have a budget, then they can start a uh, conversation. But that's something that I sort of pitch to uh, potential sponsors I'm saying you know these people are directors like and they're future directors and they're currently directors you know of all different ages and um, you know this is look at all the talent <laughs> you know yeah. so look here's the talent all you need to do is say yes and good things will happen exactly right and there's no you know there's no conversation about you know ethnicity and <laughs> race yeah gender yeah. yeah yeah but 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 why are they when is 
International Men's Ghostbusters. Day. <laughs> <laughs> when is International Men's Ghostbusters Day? <laughs> that is pretty hilarious. That's pretty like, great. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh... Okay, I think I think that that's about wraps us up for today. Uh, so thank you everybody for joining us. Always a pleasure. And thank you, and thank you listeners for joining us. And if you would like to catch up with everything we're doing, you can keep up with all the latest news, reviews, interviews, and all sorts of other stuff on animationforadults.com. You can follow us on Facebook. Uh, you can join our Facebook group. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at AFA Blog. You can find us on Tumblr, Pinterest, and Google+. And you can also... Follow me at Mr. Crystal on Twitter and Facebook. And Dan, where can we find you? On the internet. Uh, on Twitter.com okay. at Hanus. Okay, and Rachel. You can find me on Twitter at Fail2Ninja. Awesome. And Yvonne. I'm on Twitter at iSnare underscore Inc. And if you would like to submit a short film, uh, please submit it to Film Freeway to Animation Ice New York. And you can find that link on the website, animationnights.nyc. Awesome. <laughs> and we will, catch you, we will catch you very soon for episode 44. <laughs> That's the number. That's the right one. Amazing. That's the one. So, <laughs> good night, everybody. Good night. Bye. Good night. Good night. <laughs>